Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And today we have for you a Amber case. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I love it when I get to sit back and just stare at you and do commentary instead yeah. of focusing. <laughs> well, today is a treat for you then. Okay. I came across this story a couple weeks ago and it was so captivating to me. I felt like I had to share it. That it was immediately needed yeah, to be shared. Because I, I have some stuff in my back pocket that I'm like, when I feel like researching this, I'm going to hit it. I think it was an article of some kind. It was actually on one of the true crime pages. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh, this is, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. And so it's just such a, it's, it's an incredible story and it's an emotional roller coaster. So, so prepare yourself. So don't eat a large meal before. And, (laughs) and pardon my emotions because I don't know, it was just all sorts of feels. Okay. um, Researching this case and watching the documentary that I did. Okay. So I'm actually not going to be telling you about a murder victim today. This is actually a survivor story. Oh, um, I love survivor I stories. I do too. And so this this was a woman that was actually left for dead. Oh my gosh. But instead she, she did make it. She and did the damn thing and she yeah, survived. She did. And so the story is just, it's, it's hard for me to even fathom what she went through, but I just felt like mm-hmm. our, our listeners need to hear it. Mm-hmm. So this is the story of Diane Pransky. I am not familiar. I ha- I wasn't either until I had come across the article. And so didn't know anything about the story. It actually happened not all that long ago. It was 2015. Oh, yeah. So, no, not long ago Yeah, at so all. everything kind I of. I still have clothes in my closet from that year. <laughs> same. Well, saying, you'll fit into that yeah, someday. Yeah. It's okay. It's, it's in the back, but it's in the closet. <laughs> You'll get back there. So literally everything I found about Diane, I'm obviously going to tell you who she was first. Yes. Um, Diane was amazing. We never find any that say she was a real shit bag. Yeah, we really don't. <laughs> um, there's never any like, well, she kind of sucked at life, but rest in yeah, peace. Yeah, she was actually kind of a heinous bitch. Yeah. But she didn't deserve to die but, like yeah. that. Yeah. Someday so, I'm going to find one like that and I will present I it. I wish that there was. I mean, we've had a few that was like, well, she wasn't a pleasant, you know, right. that, that could, wasn't. But. Just if you ever cover my death on the podcast, <laughs> you can go ahead and say, she was a little bit of a bitch. But. Same. Be honest yeah, about me. she liked to laugh. So. Yeah. <laughs> the girl loved her some laughter. Of course, this, this was not the case for Diane. She was very, very loved by her community. She was described as a beloved friend of the community, which I loved that description. Like, that just sounds like the most jolly, happy, that like just so joyful person. Wholesome as fuck. So wholesome. It? So wholesome. Just And that's the that's the impression I get. Everybody loved to chat with her. Super friendly woman. That's like my husband. Because yeah. of my RBF, I don't get stopped much to talk. <laughs> no, no one. Most people just kind of like right. deter. For from, people oh who God. don't know what RBF is <laughs> and think that you have some sort of weird disease. Oh, yeah, you're she right. She means resting bitch face. Yes, and I ha- it is a problem. <laughs> I have heard many times like, oh, well, you look grumpy. No, no. I'm just, this is me thinking, and I'm sorry, it hurts. It's, <laughs> I'm in my zone, and yeah. it's painful exactly. for me to be there. But So people loved them, some Diane. Okay. Um, she was 53 at the time that her attack occurred. Seriously? Yep. Okay. Yep. She has a beautiful daughter. I saw her in the documentary. She's very, very pretty, um, very sweet. Aww. And she was super close to her daughter. Her daughter's name is April. Okay. And so they, they talked every day. I, I'm assuming they're still really close. Of course. Right, right, right. You know, at the time that this happened, they talked every day. You know, they were very much involved in each other's lives. Um. So Diane's partner, John, and I hope I get this right, Kowalek? John Kowalek? Like a cowlick? Yeah. We could go with that. That's fun. John Kowalek. 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 I like it. 
So he described Diane as literally a precious jewel, and Aww. I just wish somebody would talk about me that way. But seriously, but I'm this is go, about Diane. I'm going to go ask Matt if he thinks I'm a precious jewel. <laughs> you should. So, and I'm just going to say right off the bat, like I will never settle for anyone less than than what then this man is, John Cowlick, like, the most freaking amazing partner Aww. you could ask for we will get to those details because she was such a great girl or she is she, such a great yes. girl i keep forgetting i'm sorry we're, we should cover more survivor stories because we have unfortunately so many victims it's hard to remember isn't it funny because i person is still yes when i was there. writing this i was like was is was is like going yeah. back and forth because we are used we to are that talking like, about 2015 too right so right you know that is in the past but she is still she here is still here <laughs> So Diane and John actually, they had been together eight years prior to this attack happening, okay. but they actually, they were deeply committed to each other. They were very sure. happy, but they lived separately, which maybe that's the key. I was just going to say, to happiness. perhaps they have found it. Because it sounds like they were very, very happy. They just, they had their own homes. They their lived separate, did their mm-hmm. own thing, but you know, many things yeah. together as well. And so she worked at a local restaurant. It was behind the local bar. And I don't, I'm not familiar with, it's it's Lansing, Illinois, where okay. this took place. But it sounds like it's probably small town, ta- pretty small town. Yeah. So she worked at a restaurant there and people would come in and just to see her, just to chat. Um, her daughter said they would actually skip the bar, go into the restaurant just to see Diane. Oh my goodness. So again. I want to know Diane. I know. I do, too. Before the attack happened, Diane had just gotten back from a fishing trip with John. And so this was right they before. They go on fishing trips Isn't that together. Cute? I love it. And her, her daughter actually had even said that Diane was a girly girl before she met John. Oh. So that she must have really loved him because she would not go fishing I see. before. Aww, so, I love that. Yeah. So they did, they did this trip. It was great. And they got home. And that was just before this life-changing mm-hmm. event happens. So so that's where we're going to jump in. Okay. Because this this is something that happens very um, unexpectedly. You know, there was no, like, build-up to it or um, for her anyway. She did not see this coming. So okay. I'm going to talk to you about that This was a random night. act. It was a random act okay. as far as we know. Um, there may have been some pre-planning from the perpetrator, which we kind of get into that at the end for diane this was absolutely i mean she was blindsided by it so i'm going to tell you about that night okay um and what happened so get ready everyone so yeah brace yourselves so on september 17th of 2015 uh this is the night that the attack occurs uh diane worked a full shift at at the restaurant and she had closing that night so she did her normal duties and, you know, closed the restaurant about 10.30 p.m. And then she headed out. So she would call John every night when, when she got out of work and they would just chit-chat on sure. her way home. check in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so John said it was normal, you know, very standard chat that they had. And she said that she was going to go to the grocery store, get groceries, and then she would call him when she got home. Okay, so she's getting groceries at 10.30 at night. Yep. Bless her heart. Uh, right? Mm. It's probably not a bad idea. The store, I mean, yeah, there's not probably wasn't too there. busy. Mm-hmm. So she went on to the store. She she got her groceries. And unfortunately, she never did call John back that night. Oh. Instead, 25 miles away in Porter, Indiana, Officer Ta- Tawny, and forgive me, Kamasarachik. Ooh. It's a big that one. Was a lot. Tawny Kamasarchik. That's what we're gonna go with. Okay, I believe you. So she heard a call come over the radio. Um, she was on duty that night, and the the call came over, and it stated, "Female in distress. She's been robbed, assaulted, and set on fire. Location oh. is gas station on Milton Road." And she said back, "Unit one forty seven responding." And she headed that way immediately. God, I know. So when Tawny. Arrived at the scene, she said that in all of her career, she had never responded to a call with those three things, those, you know, such brutal right. things yes. happening to one human being. Naturally, you can about imagine uh. that it was a pretty horrific scene mm-hmm. that she came up on. Tawny described a woman severely burned with red marks and blisters all over her face. Her hair was completely singed off and her tongue and lips were completely charred. Oh. Tawny had never seen anyone burned so badly. In that moment, Tawny 
explains she was pretty uncertain of what the outcome would be right. for Diane. Yeah. She didn't know if she would survive. She didn't know, you know, what right. long-term was going to happen, but she could smell a chemical substance coming off of Diane's body. So she really knew right away that this was something that was purposefully done. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know what the chemical was, but obviously it had a strong enough smell. It's an smell. accelerant yes. of some sort. Yep. So it was pretty obvious right off the bat that this was something. That we have a crime yep, here. That, that and... we have a crime. Tawny also knew that she needed to get information immediately because she wasn't sure if Diane was going to survive. Yeah. And so she felt this urgency to try to talk to Diane, to try to get oh my pieces of this before, I mean, there's no other way to put it before she died, yeah. possibly. Yes. Because they, they knew this was intentional. So Diane had to talk with her tongue and her lips charred. Tawny tried to ask, what's your name? Yeah. And Diane was able to mutter, my name's Diane. And it was obviously a struggle for her to talk yeah. at the time. But by some miracle, Diane was able to tell pieces of what had happened that oh, night. Wow. I can't imagine I can't what that, that was she like. Didn't pass out from pain. I I know. I know. And is that a blessing or a curse? <sighs> That's a good question. <sighs> it is. And you know, maybe she she did briefly because there's some other things we're going to kind of get into that this woman had to go through to even get help. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, maybe she did momentarily pass out. I mm-hmm. I don't know. She was able to tell Tawny that she got her groceries. Um, there was there was a large African American man that came out of her garage holding a hammer. She and was attacked in her own home. Yes, not at the grocery yep. store. So she had went from the store and she was home, and out of nowhere, this man just oh. comes out of the garage with a hammer. Oh he, my god, that's terrifying! After so many of these home invasion cases, uh-huh. getting a little paranoid. I know it scares me too, for mm-hmm. sure. So Diane said that the man threatened her, and he made her get into the trunk of her own vehicle. Um, oh, Jesus. He couldn't even spring for his own vehicle? Mm, no. It's got to be nope. in her. Diane was able to tell the police her plate number. Holy and, crap. Yeah. Yep. I could not do that to you right now. I, I have know, no idea. Same. I was actually amazed that she was able to even get this much information Holy out. shit. Yeah. Um, Which I guess is a good lesson to all of us. We should probably memorize our license plate numbers. I know the I mean, first honestly. three letters, but I couldn't tell you the rest. I only knew the first three letters of my husband's old vehicle because it was dud, and I thought it was hysterical. That's good. Yeah. I was like, of course the dealership gave you dud. Now I see yeah. why people get those, like, yeah. hot mom 25 yes. plates, because who's... <laughs> Sign me up for that <laughs> right? <laughs> like, who, you can remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so good it, point. It makes sense now. It does. So she can tell, she tells them the license plate number. So she was able to tell the, the license plate number. Because this asshole has now taken off with her vehicle. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened is he dropped her off and he um, left her for dead. And then he took off with the, the vehicle and we'll get into all mm-hmm. of the details very, very shortly. So the police work dil- diligently to find leads on the case. Detective Chuck Whedon said that within his 30 years on the police force and working do- dozens of homicides that he... This was the most horrific thing he had ever mm. seen. And so that says something if you've worked that many. Absolutely. I'm sure that it was. It was He's a, seen some shit. Yeah. Man has been through some things. Yeah. And so, yeah, he said this was the worst thing that he had ever dealt with and ever, you know, seen in, in his entire career. Oh. So Wheaton started by running a background check on the victim, which obviously was Diane, to see if there were any legal troubles or anything, you know, any history that would sure. give her a motive for someone to, to want to harm her. Mm-hmm. Just because it was such a brutal act, you know, they yeah. started to question, you know, was there an intention here? Was there a revenge plot or yeah. something? Especially being on her face, like lighting her face on fire yeah. like that. Yeah. And so the police do the background check. Uh, there was one parking ticket from like ages ago oh, that had come sweet up. Sweet baby girl, she yeah. she was squeaky clean. Uh-huh. Um, I, I have more of a record her. than Diane does. <laughs> <laughs> so, and nothing you're pretty came damn clean. So that's saying something, <laughs> right? So Diane was like as perfect as everybody thought she was, and yeah. so she didn't. You know, there was no motive found there. Mm. But when the driver's license was was pulled up. 
Wheaton's partner, uh, Tony Curtis, recognized Diane's face and said, oh, my gosh, my our daughters played. They were in dance class together. Oh. So the... The police talked about, you know, when somebody on the force has a personal mm-hmm. connection to, to a victim, it really um, impacts it, it, the it, investigation. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And that's in so many words what they said. It raises the stakes just a little bit. Yep. Yeah. So that's human nature. It, yep. Yeah, I think so. Once you can identify or, you know, personalize, personalize who it is. And that's as a daughter's friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they did kind of talk about that piece of knowing exactly who diane was after that and, yeah and, and, and it did and make it personal it, yeah and making it more infuriating because you're like this is an amazing woman and somebody did this yeah, to her exactly and it makes and it confuses things even more you, you know too like mm-hmm. why would somebody want to do this to her mm-hmm. of all people upon investigation of diane's home it was obvious that this was a bur- burglary okay and the house had been completely torn up. There was things missing. There were TVs missing and larger items missing. And so it was clear that that was, you know, a part of what this was. Um, then fine. Just take the shit and right. go. I know. I just, it's such a senseless, everything that happened is so senseless. It just, it makes me so angry, you know. Yeah. Because. And like, it sounds like she's the type of person that would have just given them everything. There was, yeah. Like, just. And, and just she does. It and I, you know. And, I, you know, it sounds like he actually went back to the house a couple times and just kept taking things. Yeah. The police thoroughly searched the house and there were no really obvious clues to a perpetrator going through. Um, there was nothing really significant left behind during the search. The only no fingerprints or boot prints or anything none that I, that they talked about. The only lead that they really had was the receipt from Diane's groceries that was time stamped for eleven twenty nine p.m. Okay, this gave police an indication of when Diane would have been home because she lived really close to the grocery store, mm-hmm. just a couple blocks away. So they at least kind of had a time frame of when she would have been at the grocery store Mm -hmm. and when she would have come home and this actually had happened. The police went to the grocery store to ask questions and um, they discovered that the the store had cameras both outside and inside. I was hoping you were getting to that. Yes. (laughs) So often we see that there's no cameras. And that nobody saw anything. Yeah. Uh So they begin viewing the footage of the grocery store, the parking lot, Mm -hmm. and they see Diane... Um, pull up in her vehicle and get out of the car. She's she's completely on her own at this point. Everything appears to be normal. Um, there's no one with her. Doesn't appear to be anybody in the vehicle. She's grocery shopping at yep. ten thirty at night. Doing doing her uh, grocery shopping and and there's no suspicion at that point. So they see her going into the grocery store. They see her shopping, picking out various oh. items. It must be so hard to watch, too, knowing what's about to happen to that her. That is exactly what the officer said, and he was quite oh. emotional about it, that it was this was really hard for them to, to watch her just going about her normal, normal life. Her normal life. Not shopping anyone. And having no idea what lies ahead. Yep. They said it was oh. really hard to watch that. And, For sure. You know, and, and I get it. Yep. It shows her just shopping, and she's clearly by herself. There's no alarm at this point. I think we already had mentioned it, but they were able to to indicate there was this nothing had happened before while she was at the store. Mm-hmm. Diane pays for her groceries. She walks out to the car and she puts her groceries in the trunk. There's no one at the parking lot in the parking lot at this point. It's empty. So no one's and watching her. She no one's watching her that, you okay. know, there's no indication. And she was actually parked far away from the little cart holder thing. And she walks her cart like all the way of over course she to does. the cart of course. holder. Like Diane, you're such a good person. Because sometimes I don't even do that. At night, eleven thirty. Yeah. After a long shift at a restaurant, nobody. In, she could have easily just left her cart and gone. Yep. But nope. Bless her little I, heart. I, when I saw that on the camera, I was like, Oh, uh-huh. you're such you're a the good purest. human. Mm-hmm. The purest. That is a good description. Diane heads home after she does her 
due diligence the crappy of chore putting of getting her, groceries. <laughs> yeah, getting her groceries, I putting her cart away. I do too I now. Hate it. Hate I it. really hate do. It. Going back to John, just for a moment, Diane's partner, um, he talks in the documentary about the, the hardest call that he had to make was to April, Diane's daughter, when this oh, happened. Of course. Um, he said that there was so much uncertainty, as we had mentioned, that she would make it or not. Mm-hmm. And she was covered in third degree burns all over her body. And so what the medical professionals indicated is that there's so many avenues of outcome when someone has that many Mm -hmm. burns on their body. They can get infection. Of course. um, And they can... They can die from that. They can yeah. have rejection of the the skin, mm-hmm. like from the donor. The skin donor is basically what they had said. So there were so many different things that they couldn't really guarantee anything no. at that point. And so John talked about telling April that and how hard it was, you know, to, to be the uh, one to break that course. news to her. And that this was something that was deliberately mm-hmm. done to, to her. her. Yep. So John made sure that Diane knew that he would never leave her side through all of this, oh gosh, she yes. would have everything she needed, and he would do everything that he had to do to to support her through all oh, of this. Oh, you're right. He's such a good That's, guy. Those are goals right there. So the, the Lansing police had to take on a lot with this case. They were, as we see so often, they were getting so many different leads from three different states uh. at the time. So they were pretty overwhelmed with, with this case for being a small town. You know, this is not something they normally had to deal with. Yeah. So they did call the FBI at this point for assistance oh, and, and brought them in. And so when, when the FBI got involved, they are able to obtain more information. At that point, cell phone records were pulled from Diane's phone, and those are investigated. The phone records show that Diane's phone was switched on all night. The night that the attack happened? The night that she was abducted. Okay. Um kind of on and off um, okay and so they can track the cell phone pings obviously and he from did it being he steal on. the phone too or was it on found so he you know it doesn't clearly indicate as to whether he did or not okay they were just a, they were able to locate the just, cell phone pings okay. at that point i believe the phone was still with diane okay i'm not positive though it was it was in the vehicle i'm not clear as to whether he had it sure. or it was still on her but, but, but it was in the track vehicle those pings yes okay. and see its movement yes so they can track the last cell phone ping all the way all the way to porter indiana this is when the final one happened they obviously go to investigate where that last one had occurred because yeah. after that there's no you know trace of the phone. So they discover an abandoned warehouse and they find evidence of what appears to be a burn site. Oh, creepy. So they really, they highly oh, suspect man. they have the, the crime scene. Yeah, that they found definitely. It. And so they think they, they're in luck because they happen to see that there is a camera that's facing the warehouse. What? So they they got really lucky with cameras. Wow. Thank the Lord yeah. for technology today because they really did get lucky. They do discover that the camera is set pretty far away, so it's a little dark. Sure. It's there's shadows. It's, it's grainy, I'm sure. Yep, it's yeah. it is grainy, but they do check it out anyway, and so they are able to see you know some things on it. The police cue the footage to 1:48 a.m. And that's when they got the final ping from the cell phone. Okay. And so they, they're hoping to see something at that time when the ping stopped mm-hmm. um, at the warehouse. And so they do, they'd watch for a few minutes and then suddenly they, they see a car pull up and it looks to be the description of Diane's vehicle pulling mm-hmm. up. And the vehicle goes behind the warehouse. So it goes out of view of the camera for several minutes and so they don't see anything happening. And then all of a the sudden, they just see this absolute, like, fireball. Oh, my God. Seriously? Um, yeah. And I... Happened in the warehouse? And so what I believe he did is he pulled up behind and there was a way to get in yeah. to the warehouse. He had went in there. And then, I mean, you can see it on the camera. It is just this, like, this light just oh. all of a sudden. like you, And it's dark out in the video. Right. And you so. can see this explosion happen. Oh. You see the car after after the explosion happens. You see the car pull out and leave quickly. So they they believe that's when the the perpetrator left Diane. A couple minutes later, you see a fired figure emerge from behind the warehouse. Oh my and god! 
I can't even put into words how difficult this was to watch. They showed it. They it's on the footage of the they put oh. it in the documentary. Okay. But you literally see a figure just completely on fire oh my walking gosh. out behind walking. the warehouse. They, the police said that, you know, they didn't really realize what they were watching at first. And then they discovered that it was Diane fighting for her life right. on, on the camera. And it was her that, that was moving around because it really does look like just a, I mean, it's a blaze of fire. Oh, my God. It is horrible. I'm glad I was alone when I watched it because it was a very emotional right. emotional thing to, wa- to watch. She walks around for 36 seconds completely on fire. What? And then all of a sudden she stops. And so what the police later realized is that there was a puddle there and she was trying to put she herself saw out. It. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. How did she? And so you can see her stop and then she's basically rolling around in the puddle. Sure. Trying yeah, to put her, herself and out. And she talks about that, too, that she did. Like she tried to roll around to put to put the fire out. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how someone has the wherewithal to do that in that I, moment. I don't either. And even when you watch her in the puddle. It seems to last an eternity. Forever. Yeah. And so as I'm watching it and it feels like it's going on forever, I mean, she's still even in the puddle rolling around and you can just still see the fire blazing. Right. It seems like, like I kept thinking, oh my God, please yeah. like let this end. Yeah. And it, and it, I can't imagine being what, on the other end how, of that. Right. How it must and how talk about eternity. Mm-hmm. How it must have felt for her. John later in a testimony said that the total time that she was on fire was five minutes and and 17 seconds of full of her fully being on fire. How does someone survive that? I don't even know. Um, They don't know how long five minutes really is when you're doing something difficult like cardio. I I was just going to say I couldn't do a five minute wall sit. Exactly. A five minute plank. Even a minute plank for me yeah. makes me cry inside. Yeah. So can you imagine Ooh, five, five minutes? minutes being fully on fire? Mm-hmm. And my heart also breaks for the fact that I'm sure John and April will have seen this footage. There, I'm I'm sure. And because it uh, is in the documentary that they did mm-hmm. um, and the family is in the documentary. So I am sure at some point they've seen this footage mm-hmm. and I can't imagine as a family member, as as not being a family no. member, it was hard enough. Yeah, the police can't even talk about this without crying, Aww. and you know, I think I cried my eyes out already, so I can at least like push through it. But I mean, such an emotional thing. I can't imagine being there and actually watching yeah. the real footage. How hard that was. That tells you though that I think they're really good human beings. Yeah, those police officers that were affected deeply affected by it. Yeah, it's absolutely. a little concerning if they're not. The sad thing about the footage is that um, although they can make out what happened and now they know what happened to yeah. her, they could not make out um, any distinct features of the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. It was too dark. I mean, even seeing her on the camera, it was quite far away. Yeah. So being dark, you know, all they could really see is that car pulling away. And so the, the perpetrator was not actually on the okay. camera Identifiable on mm-hmm. the footage. So even though they couldn't use that video footage as a solid lead in finding um, who they were looking for, they do get another glimpse of hope when Diane's bank account records come back. Showed the police that Diane's um, debit card had been used at two different ATMs that night. As we know, the ATMs have cameras. Have cameras. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping that they can get you know some kind yes. of good luck with finding something on the camera. Well, the first ATM that they check out, the camera was out of order, so they nothing. That shouldn't even be allowed. I mean, really, that especially after this, the rest of it shouldn't be workable either. If the camera goes off, then I agree. It it should be out of order for for these things alone. I mean, it should not be allowed. The second one, they they look at that one, and so they're they're watching it, and you know, empty frame after um, empty frame, and finally at eleven fifty seven p.m they see Diane's she- uh, blue Chevy pull up to the to the ATM. So this is before she's set on fire. This so is she's before. still in the car, and he's making her give the PIN number. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you see an African-American male driving the vehicle. He has pantyhose over his head attempting to disguise his face, and he <laughs> looks ridiculous. I just want to point that out. And Grandma! The- 
Give me a pair of your hose. The funny thing, too, is that, like, it did no you could still see his face and if we put if we post the mugshot like he has a very distinct look to him mm-hmm. so even with the pantyhose like you could who thought that pantyhose were a good idea they are literally see-through people if you're gonna be a criminal like they are to hide varicose veins yes cellulite and make someone's legs look tanner than Ex- they are exactly That's it. so it's if you're not gonna... hiding your face shape, sometimes no. not even your eye color. Like, give me a break. If you're going to be a criminal, invest in the ski Seriously, mask. Like, something. come on. Like, we're not Don't trying settle. to tell you how to commit a crime here on Crime Curious, but grandma's like pantyhose. <laughs> right. I hope that it was a used pair, too, and it just smelled like old lady. I do, too. Because that that's a real smell. Yeah, yes. Mothballs. Yes. Like deep in the mothball yep, drawer. Yep. Or just like her sweaty ass in a depends. That is what I hope it smelled I like. I hope the depends was still stuck to yes. them. <laughs> like, my God. But when like, they you do. You know, it was two men st- one day that was like, this is all I have to put over my face. And like, dude, I can hardly tell it's you. I can hardly tell it's you. <laughs> right. Now this is a thing. We're, we're good. Let's go it's rob fine. this bank. Yeah. Sorry. And even in. So they freeze frame. The, when he's like reaching out to get, you know, to to use the ATM, it is like the clearest shot you could ever have oh, ask God. for. And, and did he have like a tattoo on his forearm that said his name and address? Because yeah. I just feel like <laughs> they, this could be a damn brain well bag. Have, yeah, because yeah, it was just a very distinct shot, which they were very happy to get. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, even with the pantyhose on, he—I mean—he has distinct a distinct Features. look about uh-huh. him. And so, yeah, and he he also had some latex gloves on for the oh, for the okay. ATM. So, um, he he looked like an absolute fool. I'm just gonna throw it out there <laughs> for sure. Latex gloves and pantyhose. So, but this was the most crucial and critical information that they had gotten so far. Like they actually had a face. Yeah. To to their I'm was gonna the say FBI? their killer because he meant to kill. Her. Oh, he absolutely did. Um, was the FBI able to use facial recognition? recognition technology to identify him or so I that is a good question because I know that they so they released this photo immediately and I really loved this piece of of the case so before they released the photo they called April Diane's daughter oh yeah to let them know like hey we are going to release the face of the person that did this to your mom, and we just want you to know it's going to be out there. It's going to be on the media. Oh, you know, you nice. might not want to see it. Exactly. So don't, so don't turn the news on. Mm-hmm. Don't pick up a newspaper. I just thought that was so stay off of Facebook to to do, and yes. you don't see that happen Mm-mm. all the time. No. Um, she Sometimes did. you see family members find out crucial events from the news instead, and of, they have no idea that yep. it's coming. So I thought. My gosh, when we talk about, you know, trauma-informed, yep. they nailed it with yeah, this one. for sure. Um, so April did inevitably see she did end up looking mm-hmm. on her own, but she still at least knew that it was coming. Right, yeah. The very next morning after the release, a mugshot was sent in to the police, and that's where I said it's a good question about the facial recognition because they didn't indicate how, but they got they got that mugshot. They got it quick, quick. yeah. And and I didn't catch the source that it came from, mm-hmm. but obviously the connection was made mm-hmm. like immediately. immediately. Perfect. Sure enough, I mean because like I said, that he has distinct physical mm-hmm. features. You know, they see this mugshot and they knew. I mean, this was their guy. Mm-hmm. So his name was Carlius Clay. Carlius Clay. Carlius Clay. It's a dumb name. It really is. It's a horrible <laughs> name. So upon a background check, they find a plethora of crimes. Wow, Amber, color me so shocked. Are you, aren't you surprised? Yeah. So I really thought this was a first crime for him. <laughs> just a just a first rodeo. Mm-hmm. No, um, Car- Carlius was a garbage human, mm-hmm. and, and he had committed um, a variety of crimes. He was a registered sex offender. Oh, of course he was. He had actually shot someone in the head during a robbery previously and the person ended up living and he was out on parole for that crime so he's really bad at trying to kill people so bad so we're just going to keep giving him attempts exactly or chances when i read that i was like oh my god he's out after shooting after shooting someone in the head i'm sorry but you 
can't sh- say shooting someone in the head, you weren't trying to murder them. Yeah, exactly. People aren't really well known for surviving that. The police were actually able to find out that Car- Carlius had been living very close to Diane. Okay. During this time. And so that's when, you know, when we talked about this at the beginning, I don't know if he had scoped the place out for a while, mm-hmm. knew she lived alone. I'm, I'm not really sure. Right. Um, Figured out the patterns that John stayed at his own place yeah. sometimes. And yeah. So on his part, this could have been pre-planned. Mm-hmm. Like she's a older, you know, and I'm not saying older because. Right. But she's, a, you know, single woman living alone. Yep. Easy target. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was robbing the place when she got home or if this was planned for her to be attacked. He just wanted to do it all. But, Mm -hmm. you know, taking her to the ATM machines, I'm assuming this was something that he'd planned start to finish. Yep. And intended on completely murdering her. And has he successfully been able to do this before? And we just don't know it. Right. Exactly. The police, they knew they had their guy. And there was actually another tip that had come in. That Diane's car was spotted in Holland, Michigan, which oh, is oh wow, that's quite a terrifying distance. that he was an hour for state. sure. It, it yeah, but it that's was. A, yeah, it was. Holland's and a great town too, they, and I I know so insulting to Holland mm-hmm. that he was there. They actually refer to him as a Michigan man, so I'm not sure if he is from is there? from Michigan. Oh, we I don't didn't want really that on our rap sheet. I didn't care to research him yeah, that for much, sure. so. Uh, but he was referred to as Michigan Man in a couple articles. They actually do find Carlius Clay in Holland, Michigan. Okay. And the police were actually able to hone in on his exact location. Now, I'm not sure how they found him specifically. I could not dig into that information. I, I really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. But they were able to locate him and waited for him coming out of a building. And they... They got him. Great. And so they said that this felt like winning the World Series. Like it was the oh, best feeling to get the oh, scumbag. To be sitting there and wait for him to come out. And when he does, be like, yeah. I got you, You're sucker. under arrest, bitch. Mm-hmm, for yeah, sure. Like, I, that I was, bet that felt good. Oh, yes. Against all odds, Diane Bransky survived this horrific attack. I do not know. And she, so at the end of... Angel Fire, the documentary, she actually is able to share her story, and it is, like, all of the feels. She cannot talk well, mm-hmm. but she can talk. Communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she she was able to to share her version of the story. She tells that it starts out with with him, you know, holding that hammer and, and telling her to get in the trunk. So she does that, and she said that that was so scary for her because she was claustrophobic. Oh gosh! And so she was in the trunk, and you and she said you could hear all the noises like of the driving and hitting bumps or whatever. Yeah. And she said that was just so scary with it being so loud, which I imagine it would be in the trunk. Yeah, and you don't think about that. We have a lot of people cases with people in trunks, and you don't think about the sensory yeah. situation that's happening. And you wouldn't, no. and you know. Not you being in the that loudness situation. of the road. I mean, it's loud enough in the car, like on a, a busy, you know, on a road. So I hate to say this too, but we seldom see someone that survives. To yes, tell. To, uh, that's a good point. You know, yeah. But she said it was terrifying to be enclosed and you know not knowing what's going to happen and hearing all of those noises. She said that after going to the ATM, she was taken to the warehouse. She was put in. She was put in the back seat where she was raped. And then she was, um, there was a brief moment where she tried to kind of get away, but he grabbed her and he put his hands around her neck until she passed out. And Diane said she woke up and saw her legs were on fire. And she said that it it actually felt at that moment like somebody was literally pushing her to get up and Oh, wow. Sorry. (laughs) And, like, keep and move, like, to go. She said it was, like, this supernatural experience that, like something was like, oh, I would you believe know. it because how else do you? And so she said she it. that was her, you know, something like nudged her to wake up and and to move, and so that's and get out and to that. get out. Mm-hmm. She said she rolled in the in the grass to try to put the flames out. Then she had found that the puddle to try to put her. I can't believe she could still out. see. I know. I mean, truly. And 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 I will get to that in in a moment. She said that she saw the lights. Of a gas station after she had 
you know, rolled and, and fought for her life mm-hmm. for the I was wondering how five she minutes. ended up at the gas station. So she she sees the lights of a gas station and she walked a freaking half a mile. Stop it. To get help. How? I have no idea. How did, oh my. Absolutely no idea how she did it. Now there's, I don't know if it was like a McDonald's slash gas station. Cause I saw two, I saw a gas station. Yeah, I saw and, McDonald's, and, and but they can be connected sometimes. Yeah. Yep. So, so I'm, I don't know, you know, she said she saw the lights, but then I see other, you know, articles that say McDonald's. So, mm-hmm. but she, she walked a half a mile to get After help being for herself fire for five minutes. And can we take a moment just to think about how horrific it would be? Say you're the, you know, cashier oh shit and you see oh gosh diane walking up yes thinking this is this is it this is the zombie apocalypse yep absolutely and And i mean no disrespect no but but this is how we go yeah Yeah. that would be terrifying on both ends so traumatic to see someone in that state i mean everybody i think at first you'd have a hard time believing what you were seeing like we saw for our first case mary vincent when a couple of cars passed by her and it's just like you know like your brain takes a second like is that did I did, did I, I really see, see that? Mm-hmm. Or like you said, is this the end? Yeah. Did I not yeah. get enough cardio because of the apocalypse right. is here? Right. Great. So I thought I'd have longer. I can't even I can't even imagine. I'm also flabbergasted that she did not die of smoke inhalation. I know. From her own body, because we hear of that a lot. That's the cause of death for burn victims a lot of times. I feel like it's nothing short of a miracle that oh, she I, survived this. 100% when she says she felt something spiritual. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Something got her out, kept her alive, and got her, give her the strength to walk. Yeah. <sighs> and this is that this far. is actually a quote that she had, had said about that experience. She said, it was like someone had woken me. No one was there, but it was like I was being pushed. My angels, they pushed me to do what I had to do. Wow. In July of 2018, Carlius Clay was charged with kidnapping and attempted murder. He pled guilty and was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. It took three years. It took three years for him to be convicted. And the mugshot from these charges, it looks like he's smiling and it makes oh, me want to vomit. Like yeah. when I saw it, I was just so mad. Mm-hmm. He's um, got like a smirk. It was a, a definitely a smirk. Mm-hmm. How would I know? I've never seen him before, but I just <laughs> and I know the type. Yeah, I should I should have saved it to show you because it just it just makes you so mad after this on our horrible you know crime that he did. He's smirking, mm-hmm, of in course, the mugshot. And I cannot believe this part. Diane was actually freaking there for the sentencing. She was there. Wow. And she got to speak. And I can't like I I don't know like that I could have done it. Impact statement. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know that I could have faced someone Mm-mm. that did that to me. Mm-mm. And and she was there. She showed up. Who um, is this woman? She is right. Superhuman. Right. In court, this is actually what Carl Carlius Clay said to the judge. He said, "I thank God." He said, judge, please give me another name because these, this is horrible. <laughs> these two names apart are fine, but together it just is awful. They're a disaster. Not working. He said to the judge, "I thank God every day that Diane got up that day." Oh, you know, doesn't what? this make you sick? You eat a phallic, you jerk. <laughs> Choke yeah. out of the apparatus, sir. Right. We have tender ears in the studio today, so we have to be careful about what we say. But words, yes. You all know what I'm telling him to do. Mm-hmm. So he, he said, I think, God, she's alive. I was scandalous toward her. I was rotten. Oh, is that what you call it? Scandalous and rotten? I can't believe he had the audacity to even say, I think, God, she's alive. Yep. Yeah. Are you serious? Really? I, I, I have no words for it. I'm, because I'm fairly certain you've never had a conversation with God at all. It made me vomit just, you know, thinking about the smirk and then, you know, him saying that. Mm-hmm. Carlius was actually also given an additional sentence of 10 years added to his life sentence because he had actually held a caseworker hostage previously. Well, that's terrifying. And so the judge um, tacked on, she did a two for one, I guess, and tacked on the 10 years for for wow. that and the extreme nature of the yeah, of the of attack, this crime. and and so the judge stated to Carlius that day, the victims are stronger than you, and I love that because yeah, they are. So Diane says that in her own heart, she has forgiven him, which again, Mm-mm. that's hard. 
it's good. I, she I mean, is so it's amazing. much a better person than I am. I love this part though. She'd still like him to be in prison forever. Um, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I forgive him, but I still want him to be locked up forever. Yeah. And and she said that like it doesn't mean I want to see him. It doesn't mean I yeah. want you know good things for him. I do forgive him. And so she, she said probably need to do that for her own heart. That's not about absolutely. him. Absolutely, that's about her. And I think that's so hard for people to grasp mm-hmm. that the the forgiveness is about it's, it's for, for you. you. Mm-hmm. It's not for the other person. And so it sounds like she's done that. She said that she really didn't want him to have the death penalty because that's kind of the easy way out. Absolutely. But so Diane, she is alive today. She requires twenty four seven care. She is considered legally blind. Okay. And she is also confined to a wheelchair, which going back to what she did that night to save her life, mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely incredible she was able to do that. Yep. She wow. can walk somewhat, but it has to be with assistance. I would imagine it's not comfortable either. Yeah. So she's had to relearn basic human tasks like speaking, blinking, and even eating, Aww. which she cannot fully do without assistance. Yeah. Diane has endured countless skin grafts, physical therapy sessions, and even organ failure. Mm. And she has permanent nerve damage to her hand, which I didn't realize. They don't mention it in the documentary. Um, she was stabbed as well in, oh. in her hand. So I I added that to the end because I found oh that God. piece. Is there anything else? Right. She did not she have to go through. She was even through. robbed for crying out yes. loud. Like every crime. Was committed, was committed against her. Mm-hmm. So she has has permanent nerve nerve damage from that. And wouldn't you know it, my man John, he said that there was no way that he was going to let her go into some kind of, you know, nursing home or, you know, assisted home. So he brought her home to live with him. And he cares for her 24-7. And he is her caretaker. He oh quit goodness. his job to be her 24-7 caretaker. He cooks for her, bathes her. He does everything. And he said that it wasn't difficult to make that decision to care for the woman that he I get it. I would do loved. it for my husband. Yeah. Yep. So it, the sweetest man like I've ever seen. Wow. And, you know, he just talks to her about her mm-hmm. like she's the most amazing. I think it's really interesting that she was with him in this time in her life, too. I know. That probably wasn't a coincidence. Right. That is crazy. So Diane talks about at the end of the documentary that what she's really realized is, is that it's important for everybody to love each other and care for each other, not to have so much hate and negativity. Aww. And I was like, you know, I, I could right. use that advice myself. For sure. Diane. Right on, Diane. And she um, she was able to make this statement to Carlius Clay the day he was sentenced. She said, although my life has changed, and I require 24-hour care. You did not ruin it because I was given the best gift of all, the gift of love. Know this. You did not win. I am alive. I was able to tell what you did. Love wins. Aww. And so love wins is Diane's motto that she lives her life Aww. by. So Well, she, that just made me tear up. Right. Okay. <laughs> so she's, she's, you know, as positive as one can be in this circumstance, and, and with how dramatic her life has now changed this point forward, hers and John's. She's got a good man by her side that takes oh, care of her. And, and a beautiful daughter that I'm a, sure helps too and is still in her life. And mm-hmm. she's right. Love so wins. that's the story of Diane Pransky. That's an amazing. That was intense. I emotional story. It is. I can't believe she walked for a half a mile. I Some people either. can't even do that on the daily. I know. Like, I could not on fire or after like, being on fire for five minutes. On a tired day from work, yeah. I don't know if I could walk right. a half a mile right. without huffing and puffing. No, I'm kidding. I probably could, but I mean, maybe. I don't wow. know. <laughs> I haven't tried it, so I'm yeah. not sure. But I mean, be touch and go. Man, I feel like I need a cigarette after this case, and I don't no, even. You're. Smoke. I know. Though that's uh, a, yeah, that's just it. Give me a cigar and a shot, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a shot of tequila. I need a whiskey and a cigar. Yes. A cigar. Do you have like a nice brain bath for us? So I do have a lovely 
brain math for you today. Okay. Um, and the mugshot is also a gift of joy is in this. this. Why you picked it? I, sometimes I pick mine based on the mugshot. I think it's post worthy okay. because he really has this look of like mm, you got me, <laughs> you know. Or <laughs> you know <laughs> what? He looks like a little boy that just got caught like eating. Oh my co- gosh, cookies. he does. He. he He's, he's like, pouting. He is. He got caught in grandma's cookie jar. He's totally pouting. So the article from Rolling Stone says, Rolling Stone. yes, thank you for this gem mm-hmm. that you've provided to us. So earlier this month, which I don't know when this was, but anyway, so earlier this month, Justin Thompson was a 29-year-old on the run from the law in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There was a warrant out for his arrest for aggravated assault and harassment charges stemming from an incident in September. So when the offer so when the officer showed up to search the 26-year-old's um, girlfriend's house, Thompson hid in the crawl space, apparently doing his best impression of John McLean and Die Hard. Oh yes. Unfortunately, the crawl space couldn't support his weight. And Thompson crashed through the ceiling, landing in the kitchen, right in front of the cops who oh were looking for him. Gosh. <laughs> like, What's oh, w- hey, there he is. Yeah, like, well, this was easy. <laughs> What's worse is they tacked on a charge of endangering children because he nearly landed on some kids. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I love how they're like, we're going to get you yeah. on another thing, too. And you're going to get another and, one, sir. Uh-huh. No wonder thing. he's pouting because... Literally, he, he it's because of some. poor construction. Yeah. He's probably like, I knew I shouldn't have had that, bur- that <laughs> Burger King <laughs> that, today. That double burrito. That's right. It was just too much. Put me over Maybe the edge of the weight the limit. that's the luck he's having is some mm-hmm. digestive problems. Perhaps. And he knows it just threw him one pound over and that yep. crawl space couldn't couldn't support him. The most I ever got in, invest- in an investigation is a whole bunch of cockroaches. Oh. I've, falling from the ceiling. Oh, I have been there in, in the cockroach situation. It is it is horrible. It's, it's Now I'm going to dream about them. We can't talk about it anymore. No, I also had I'll maggots fall on my foot, too. <gasps> oh. Yeah, I had to open the freezer. To, <gasps> no. Yeah, don't ever do that mm. when they haven't had electricity for two weeks. Because mm. they they don't clean their refrigerator out. Oh, the maggots gosh. do, though. Do yeah, they mm-hmm. they did a lovely town. job on all that meat. Oh. <laughs> yep, I'm yep. heaving just a little bit. It was it, that was good times, good oh. times. Oh, the the days of social work. Uh huh. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this survivor's tale and follow us on social media. Leave us a review. We are doing a giveaway for reviews, so write us a good review and you'll get thrown in the pot. Uh, if you have a case suggestion, feel free to email us at crimecurious at yahoo.com or message us on Facebook. We're there too. And uh, till next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.